Salut. Salut. Bienvenue au podcast de Triple Trip. Welcome to the Travel Tribe Podcast. Welcome to Travel Tribe Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan, aka JT Max. January 1st, 2013 is a special day for me. While most people were waking up with hangovers, I was boarding a flight for my first backpacking experience in Australia before beginning my one-year contract teaching English in South Korea. Little did I know that that one year abroad would turn into eight years working, traveling, and studying abroad. Other than teaching English in South Korea, I also did a rotational MBA program in Germany, China, Poland, was a dive instructor in Thailand, worked as a digital nomad in Bali, started an e-commerce company sourcing from China, and had many other international experiences. Throughout this eight-year journey, I've met a motley crew of adventurers, expats, and travelers who are taking life by the balls abroad. Whether working on super yachts or cycling across two continents, I wanted to share these great stories and inspirations while laying down the pathway for future adventurers. Today, I would like to welcome one of my favorite traveling pairs, Lifetime Travelmates, live from Goa, India, to begin our podcast kickoff. Three years ago, Jordi and, and Heck Young packed up their belongings, cashed out their savings, and embarked on what was supposed to be a one-year journey. Three years later, they are still living the nomad lifestyle, although with some new travel tips and hacks, including pet-sitting internationally to support their lifestyle, teaching online, and doing many other side jobs to continue to live out their dreams of exploring the world. So please welcome to the show today, joining us from Goa, India, Lifetime Travel Mates. So get us a little bit of some background. How did you guys end up in Goa, India? Maybe you guys can tell us about your story. How did you get together? Yeah. Well, actually, this is the second time we are in Goa. First time was in 2018, on summer. 18 or 19? Two years ago. Two years ago, Two yeah. Two years ago, yeah. 2018, yeah. where we came for a pet sitting. For people who don't know what pet sitting is, basically taking care of a home and the pets in the home when the homeowners are traveling, usually abroad. And it can be for a weekend, it can be for one week, or it can be for six months like we are doing right now. Oh my so, God, so six months you guys are gonna be in Goa. Yeah, in April it's gonna be six months and probably with the whole situation, we might have to extend yeah, a little bit because longer. we cannot leave and the owner cannot come back. So yeah. we're happy yeah. with the cats in this nice house, yeah. What have been some of the coolest places that you guys have housed at so far? Goa for sure. Goa, yeah, it's it's uh, very nice. And it's... England, we traveled England for like three months. I switching mm -hmm. places, doing house sitting. That was incredible. And also um, Thailand was good. Thailand, we did three weeks in Bangkok, which was oh. our first time in Bangkok, and we had that feeling of local life. We could go to the local market, like escape all the tourist traps, and feel a bit more local. Even though we didn't speak the language, and we couldn't make many friends yeah. and one of yeah. the best places maybe was Singapore because oh, we got to stay in yeah. a very luxury apartment that no other way we could have done that yeah. if it wasn't for house sitting you know and Singapore uh, it's city like food and it's a cultural hub a lot of people a big mix of cultures and people from around the world there it was very nice yeah. That's very cool. So maybe some of our viewers have not done this kind of pet sitting. How does it usually work? How do you find the pet sits? Do you go through some kind of platform or can you walk us through what the steps are for finding and do they feel safe having you there? Sure. There's a bunch of websites. Some of them are completely free. Some of them require like a yearly membership. And what they do is to connect the homeowners with the travelers or mm -hmm. pet carers or house sitters. Usually the owners post on the website the period, like how long it's going to be, a description of the house, like information about the surroundings, the neighborhood, this supermarket, this shop is here. There is some tourist attractions in that area. And of course, about the animal, they describe whatever, if it's a one dog, two dogs, two cats, three cats, a lizard, it can be anything. There is even farms. You could be <laughs> staying in a farm taking care of sheep and chickens and cows, you know, and horses, which we're not planning yeah, to do yet. No experience. Yeah. Yeah. So then you apply to those listings. And well, usually they receive a lot of applications because, you know, mm -hmm. like a lot of people want to stay in a place uh, yeah. without paying any rent. Mm -hmm. And if you're lucky, they contact you. And usually you have an interview like a video call yeah. to get to know each other a bit more. 
and that's it. And yeah. then, usually on the day when the owners depart, you go to their place, you meet them, they explain a few more details of the house and the, how to take care of the animal, how they eat, how they sleep, how to play, and you start the adventure. Yeah, look for the ones who are looking to have their goldfish pet set. So, yeah, the easiest. <laughs> one. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> uh, when you ask about trust, I think there's a lot of trust in these websites because you're staying in a, somebody else's home. You know, yeah, they have to trust yeah. you. Mm-hmm. There's no money involved. There's mm-hmm. no money exchange between owners and sitters, only in case the website is yearly membership or if mm-hmm. it's free, it's completely, there's no money involved. Mm-hmm. So, you have to be very mindful with the care of the pet you have to know like the veterinary mm. phone number or yeah, yeah. in case something goes wrong in the house you have to be kind of in constant in touch with the owner yeah. we usually send like photos videos like the, your babies how they're doing and yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah i did a pet set myself in chicago and some really nice places like beautiful sky rises with these gorgeous pools overlooking the entire skyline and yeah, honestly it was just like an airbnb experience i just wanted to actually was inspired by you guys telling me about it when you guys visited me and it was fantastic it was like an airbnb they gave me a whole box of snacks with a whole guidebook of what to see numbers yeah and it was a really fun experience and i mean it's also fun because if you like pets, if you like animals, uh, if you're traveling mm-hmm. a lot, it's a good way to kind of get that animal interaction that you might yeah, not get. Exactly. It's very yeah. yeah. So, yeah. you know, you get attached to these animals and it's a really fun experience. Mm-hmm. And the way I see it is it's a good way to, even if you're not doing full-time traveling, it's, it's a good way to also like plan vacations. And mm-hmm. if you're looking to go somewhere, it's it's a win-win. The yeah. house owners have someone that comes that they can trust to watch animals and you get to explore somewhere new. For example, like I saw some really cool ones for mountain houses in Colorado or beach houses mm-hmm. in Florida. And wow. uh, there are some really cool, unique opportunities out there for you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you stay local. You get to yeah, know the neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. You stay away, luckily, from the like tourist, tourist spots places. and you get to know your neighbors maybe. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's very and nice. The local experience. bakeries and local restaurants and bars. And- yeah. That's yeah, one of the advantages doing the house sitting. Yeah, yeah. It's, such, it's such a different experience than staying in a hotel where things kind of feel sterile. Mm-hmm. It's a home. It's a home, and you have the feeling that you can cool. You can. It's yeah. way different than yeah. in, uh, in any kind of accommodation. In, yeah, uh, house, hotel, hostel, even Airbnb. I don't know. Airbnb have this impersonal touch mm-hmm. that it, everything is quite sterile, and mm-hmm. there's no way to know what kind of person lives there. Uh, maybe a little bit, but. This is a home and everything is just yeah. like the owner left it. Yeah. Like, you know? Yeah, you yeah. The family photos. Yeah, yeah the madness on the fridge. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice. It's a home. You're it's just being, you're an intruder for a few days yeah, or weeks. Yeah. That's, That's funny. That reminds me of a story. I remember when you guys visited me in Koh Tao, in the place I was staying, uh, in my room, they had a picture of a, the king of Thailand. They had a picture of the hotel oh. owner's parents. And then oh. they had an empty picture frame, and I actually put uh, my picture frame in there. And uh, <laughs> frame, my friend years nice. later said, "Why are you in my house in Thailand?" Yeah. Which is wow, <laughs> what an honor. Yeah. Um, so it's just pretty funny. But the other point I wanted to mention as well, when you guys said this community feel is. I did actually two houses in Chicago, and there are two different parts of the city. One was in Uptown, and one was downtown. So you get a completely different vibe if you're familiar with, I don't know, Chicago is very, depending on what area you have, you completely different vibes. And so it was so cool that one week in this kind of like Uptown area where it's still kind of like hipster and this kind of vibe, while and then the next week staying upscale, downtown city skyline. So it's it's really, really cool. And so one of your favorite house sits, you would say, is what, Singapore? That's hard, man. Every house had their perks and beauty. We stayed for almost a month in the middle of Ireland, in really countryside, surrounded by farms. It was a good experience. You yeah. can't compare. I don't like to compare and choose yeah. what's best. I mean, yeah, it's nice to be in a luxury apartment with your swimming pool, yeah, you know, yeah. like with views from the city. But it's also having a like a small yard and yeah. really quiet, peaceful. Yeah, every house it has its own like charm. Yeah, you know, it's very hard to see which one is the yeah. best it's really yeah. hard to pick one we always yeah. struggle to say what was your favorite mm, this yeah. no 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 that, because, <laughs> da, da, da. so there's always it's very hard to choose and we keep trying and each is better than not better than different from the previous one you know of course yeah it's like, yeah. like when when people ask what's your favorite place in the world it's like well everyone everything has its own vibe you know like, yeah. 
exactly. Yeah, exactly. I like, I like my new little Yeah. And so how long have you been doing this pet sitting for now? You've done this for like last year or how long? No, we started two years ago. I was first was in Bangkok during Christmas break. And then we didn't do any for around half a year. Yeah, then we did the Goa, this house, mm-hmm. during the summer for three years, monsoon for season. For three months, three months. I sorry, three months. <laughs> three years. <laughs> and then we stopped until past Christmas. Uh-huh. 2019, we did the four back-to-back in UK and Ireland. And then we took a break back in Barcelona mm-hmm. to see my family and friends. And then we... Oh, we did one in Barcelona, you remember? Oh, yeah, in Christmas, yeah. Well, yeah. it was a very short one. Very short yeah. one. Right. Yeah. And then yeah. we... Actually, how sitting was the reason we came back to Asia, to Singapore. Because we had this opportunity, like, more than a month, six weeks in Singapore. And we said, like, we're not going to miss this chance. I don't want anybody taking this opportunity. We have to yeah, this, yeah, 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 yeah. Our house. We don't own it, but this is our house. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yes. So we did that, and then a short weekend in Malaysia, in Kuala Lumpur, right before we went back to Korea for uh, some holidays in September. Okay. Okay. If you ask, like, what would be the best house, could be Singapore, no? As a house, yeah. As, as a house itself. But then the as pets are different. Yeah. Yeah. Things. It's, it's very yeah. hard. So just so I understand, so this is kind of like your primary way of living nowadays, right? So mm-hmm. it's like you don't have uh, your own house base, but you'll stay in a place for two, three months, and then you'll plan the next house. Is that correct? Yeah, well, we try house seats. If we don't get any, we just travel and do a little bit backpacking for, mm-hmm. say, one month, two months, depending on... We're getting a bit tired of the... House sitting? No, 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 no. <laughs> you know, the rush of the need to keep moving to a next place, to oh, yeah. some popular yeah, place. Yeah. Like, oh, once you start house sitting and do it quite regularly, you get too used to it. And mm, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. the coziness of a home. Now we're working from home, so we need some, like, base and kind of schedule. Yeah, yeah that also kind of changed our travel style, like mm-hmm. working online. Yeah. yeah, That's kind of interesting. So how do you guys pick your next destination? Is there a way that you guys could decide or saying like, hey, it's like, for example, you're in Europe and it's cold in England. You're like, hey, I need to get out of here. How do you decide your destinations? Mostly we check the house sitting website uh-huh. and then we just go through the, all the opportunities there. And then we kind of like... Like three, three or four places well, we send an application and also... We, based on proximity, yeah. mostly. We don't want to take, like, trans-oceanic flights to go to the side of the world. Like, of course. if we can go by land, perfect. But usually yeah. it's not the case. So short flight, low-cost company, and maybe on the next country or something like this. Yeah. Singapore was an exception because mm-hmm. we were back in Spain yeah. and we said, no, 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 we have to go there. But yeah. the ones we got in UK... They were like one hour train from each other. Three weeks each, back to back, and then one short flight to Ireland. We spent from February to mid May, end of May, constantly house sitting, except maybe one or two nights we spend in between in a guest house or a cheap hostel. You mentioned that I think it's really easy to get lost in these listings. Like I remember like looking up mm-hmm. the cool mountain houses in Colorado. I'm like, I could definitely watch a sheep for a month yeah. and Right. Or, or I could easily go to Cuba for three weeks to watch a horse. Yeah, it's tempting. Yeah, it's very tempting. Really, really. But I mean, why not, right? You know, we don't have a home base. We don't have a rent to pay every month, so mm-hmm. we are well, free. we are homeless, right? Yeah. <laughs> we have no rising coming back to Korea or Barcelona because we are now on the move. Yeah. So. Does that give you more anxiety to have that? Like, or do you feel kind of more free and like you, you don't know what adventure could happen next? I would say free, right? Yeah, I would say free, but uh, this like coronavirus thing. Well, just, that, that's when now. It, when, but... it, when it just happened, I just thought, hmm. oh, maybe I could have a house. Maybe <laughs> I feel safer. But actually, that's not right. I have a house right here. Yeah, so, so we're safe. We're better than like any other places. So yeah. No, I would be more anxious thinking that I have a mortgage to pay month by month. I would mm. be so like, oh my God, I cannot quit my job. I cannot do a long trip. I cannot do these things because I have this pressure of paying rent or paying uh, bills and all that stuff. So we kind of decided to go like 
zero bills. Our goal before departing was like yeah. no bills to pay at all, no debts. And yeah. we started with some savings, about yeah, three years savings and no home, but all the money was focused on staying and food. Yeah, of course. Let's take it back a couple of years back mm -hmm. and before you kind of got into this new lifestyle of being abroad, what inspired you to want to take this adventure? I mean, I don't think it's an easy decision to tell your wife or your husband saying, hey, like, I have this idea, <laughs> just like, leave it all. Let's, yeah. let's just go. Like this back then, yeah. Yeah. So. yeah, it's quick. No, how did we start? Well, back then I was a Spanish teacher, like mm -hmm. I am now, but offline. Mm -hmm. I was going to different schools and all. And Hagen was a flight attendant. Yes. And when we got married, we were both working and mm -hmm. we realized that we didn't have much time to travel. Yeah. Right. We always yeah. had to, she had to ask for days off or I had to ask for days off. And most of the times when we had some long period, like let's say two, three, four weeks, I always had to go back to Spain to see family and friends. You know, I mm -hmm. felt this kind of obligation of going there. Mm -hmm. And we said like, wow, if we keep being going like this, we will never be able to do like a full enjoyable long trip even in Southeast Asia, which is yeah, kind of yeah. close from Korea or, or Japan, we were doing like weekend trips to Japan mostly, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe some islands in the Pacific, Saipan and Guam. And beside that, we barely, we didn't travel. Yeah, yeah. That. And even with this short time, every time we had to go back, take a flight, we were like, oh, we like to stay longer and mm -hmm. we, we don't want to go back now. And mm -hmm. we really want to have like a long-term travel. Yeah. 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 And, freedom. and freedom to say, we don't need to go back home next day and yeah. we can just keep going. And yeah. even though it's in a low budget, we just keep going. That's, that's what we want. Yeah. And I know what you mean. It's kind of like I always had this feeling when I would do this one week trip when I was living in Korea to Thailand or Bali yeah. and you get there in the first three days, like this is amazing. And yeah. I'll think about, oh wait, I have to go back in four days, you know? Exactly. It's depressing to go back from vacation, yeah. right? Why not keeping it as your lifestyle? As a yeah, exactly. Even, yeah, and even from like a financial standpoint, your kind of biggest expenses are going to be kind of those flights. And so each time you do this one week trip, I mean, you're already paying for the flight, which is your biggest cost expense. So it's really cheap to do this like long term travel, which we will talk about later. You, we were talking about this yesterday of you kind of switching to the slow travel. You realize that instead of doing this quick one week trip, I want to go to Thailand or Bali, you spend mm -hmm. a of money that initial cost to get there you could actually do it right and see stay for longer term and really milk the value of your money by staying long term because we have such different prices when you kind of start living that slow travel that we were talking about uh, yesterday with me so yeah so you guys had these kind of quick trips and you guys are, i remember heck young you were telling me that you were kind of getting a little frustrated working as a flight attendant yeah uh, and jordy i bet you i remember you in the office as much as we loved our students as well kind of dreaming about leaving the <laughs> How did you guys have the discussion? What sparked it? Was there some kind of one trip or did you watch some video or what kind no, of the idea? I would say there wasn't a moment. There wasn't a click. Since we got married, we said, okay, now we're married. We have a home. We started like having a common bank account and we started saving. We said, okay, maybe someday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I don't remember if we said like, let's quit everything and... When we got married, we made this like a bank account and then we kept like saving some amount of money, but we didn't know when we were going to be able mm. to use that money because mm -hmm. we yeah. were both working, busy, and then we keep saving, but we never know. Oh, someday, someday we'll do it, someday we'll do it. Yeah. Then suddenly, like maybe it was the time that I got really tired of my job after three years. <laughs> after three or four years, I was like, oh my god, I can't do it any longer, and I hate it so much. I didn't hate my job. <laughs> <laughs> And then, yeah, yeah, that was like, oh, let's do it. And then I started like calculating how much we have saved up. And then I thought it's quite enough, you know, not for forever, but for like two or three years. Mm -hmm. So we thought, okay, it's enough. I, I can't wait any longer. And then yeah. you said, and then you, you said, oh, okay, why not? Yeah. And the thing is, initially we thought, one uh, round the world trip for one yeah. year, you know? Yeah. We said, okay, we travel for a year and later we find a place to live. Um, Whether Korea right, or right, Spain right. or maybe some other country. One of the goals of this round the world trip was finding a suitable place, cheap enough, nice, good weather mm -hmm. that we both liked. 
and we couldn't find it yet. <laughs> That's why we keep traveling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah, I know how it is. The, the ever, ever wandering, trying to find that perfect destination. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I always say the world is so big to stay always yeah. in the same place. I don't want to sure. be always in the same city. Of course, meet the same people, and no, I mean, we can, right? I mean, there is flights, there is buses, there is mm -hmm. trains. Mm -hmm. We have the possibility to, to move to some other country and try to make a living there. Why not? Yeah. And just going back to what Peck Young said is that I'm always curious about those people because I meet a lot of people, especially when I come back home, who say, like, I, I've always wanted to go to Bali, I've always wanted to go to Thailand, or I always wanted to do this. But just as you were saying, you know, they, they keep pushing it back and back and back. And before you know it, you know, one year becomes two years, becomes five years and 10 years. And before you know it, you know, you're only having more and more responsibilities, whether it's you have a child or you have a mortgage. Mm -hmm. And so kind of how did you make that decision saying like enough is enough? Was it the job was enough one day, heck young, that you said, hey, I need to get out of here or what? <laughs> uh, yeah, the job was like, oh, I can't take it any longer. So yeah. That, that was the main point. And then yeah. also, well, actually, we didn't really own our house. We were yeah. like in rent. Well, so right. so we, it was easy for us to just stop paying. Yeah. And then uh, there are not many obligations, actually, yeah. for us. So No kids, no pets. Yeah, no yeah. kids, no pets. Mm -hmm. So it yeah. was... I, I think it's, it's important to know that those are the kind of situations when you have the ability. Mm -hmm. That's why I always recommend for young people when they have that opportunity, when that window is there where you don't have those obligations, but maybe you might not have so much money in the bank. It's, that's that perfect time to go is to take that risk then because the older you get, it's yeah. just more likely you're going to have these responsibilities. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, it takes a lot of courage, I think, to make that decision because we were talking about this yesterday and I was kind of mentioning to you what I want to discuss is like, how do you overcome that fear? Because you're taking something that you're doing each week and each month and each year mm -hmm. and you're comfortable mm -hmm. with it. Your money comes each month, mm -hmm. uh, you have your friends, you have your family, you know how everything looks. And all of a sudden you are going to make a decision yeah. for the unknown. You have no idea mm -hmm. like, what it's going to turn out. Is it going to work? Will you have enough money? Will you go broke? All these fears start popping in your head. Will I have friends? Will I, will I hate yeah. the person I'm traveling with? <laughs> like, will we come back together? <laughs> Right. So did these fears come in your head before making this decision or do they not? Well, I didn't really have fear, but you know, you meet friends or family. They say, oh, what if you guys break up in the middle of travel? <laughs> <laughs> and then, what if you divorce or it's going to yeah. happen, you know, and you know, you never know. But I thought, yeah, maybe they could happen, then let it happen. Like, yeah, yeah. That's, 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 the destiny. that's the destiny. You would have to change the name right away. Lifetime travel mate would be like three month mate. <laughs> yeah, free travel mate. Free travel. Looking for a travel mate or yeah. something like that. Looking for a travel mate. <laughs> no, we were not. I think we didn't have any fear into the unknown, but at least at the beginning, when we were saving, thinking, yeah, we're going to quit everything and start traveling. But as the D day approached, we were. When was it? We departed October 12th. Yeah. yeah, but around September, we were like, wow, this is real. We already told the landlord that we are leaving this place. I start selling most of our belongings. Yeah. And wow, this is real. Shit. There's, but then you think there's no way back. There's always a way back. Yes. Like, the worst yeah. thing that can happen yes. is yes. you yes. don't like the country or yes. you know, worst thing that can happen, you die. Then you don't have to work. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> the others have to work. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> the worst thing you can happen, okay, uh, it's too expensive or more expensive than you expected. You can always buy a plane back home, yeah. not a plane, a flight, and try to get a new job. Yeah. A lot of people might have this kind of situation after this corona situation. Cool. And I don't want to go get negative now, but... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, most of people, they were, like, hesitating to start the long-term trouble because they're afraid of losing their job, they're afraid of losing their house or yeah. all the money. But we didn't have this kind of goal. Like, someday we're going to have a house, buy a house, or we're yeah. going to have a like permanent job we didn't really set these kind of goals mm -hmm. so maybe that's one of the reasons that we could just leave that and just leave plus i think we valued more the time of fully enjoying your life rather than keep making money and not knowing when you're going to be able to travel or break these fears and you know yeah. 
That's such a valid point. And I think it really comes down to like prioritizing what's really important to you. And I'm the same way in that I never idolized this big house and two cars and all this stuff. That was never really anything that was really ever something that I really wanted. I know it was kind of in the in movies and all that stuff and trying to make me excited about it. But to me, it just never gave me that kind of fulfillment. Like I bought a car in high school and I was super excited the first month that we're off super quickly. And when you meet people, like when I meet people in Thailand traveling for the first time, they're always just kind of surprised that like, wow, there's just so much more out there than, you know, doing this Monday through Friday grind. And I kind of talked about at the beginning of the show is that I did this grind for the first year. We had like one week of vacation and I was remember being so miserable, wondering like, is this just what it's going to be like for the rest of my life? So I had that kind of same point you did, Hekyong, where I was just like, you know, I was fed up with things and I was like, this cannot be it. This cannot be what's going to be doing for the next 40 years. The science of the universe giving me that pain saying, hey, you need to take some kind of action. If you would idolize something else or envision something else, then you have to get after it because you're not happy doing what you're doing. And kind of what you did, Jordi, I had a similar situation. And I think this is a way that I bypassed that fear is mm-hmm. someone told me, because I wanted to teach or I wanted to go to abroad and I thought this is such a good opportunity. And someone go said, you know, check out Korea. And then I, I interviewed, I went to a recruiter, got a job. And it was like seven months in advance. So it didn't even feel real. So wow. until my friend, uh, when I was like, I got a job for Korea next year, it just sounded so far away. It just sounded something cool. And I was like, this is cool. And then it wasn't until that like month before where I was like, wait, mm-hmm. where is Korea? <laughs> like, what is <laughs> Do I know anyone there? Like, what do they have That's what helped me get over it was creating this longer distance from D-Day because it didn't make it real. Like, if I had to go to Korea in two weeks, I would be freaking out. I was like, no, I'm not doing that. But since it was in, like, seven months, it didn't feel real. And I'll never forget, I actually got to Korea. It was in February, I think, 13th. 2013 and just came from Thailand my first time in Thailand I was amazed I was like wow this is crazy I get to South Korea in wearing a tank top and swing trunks without realizing how cold it was there you know? <laughs> uh, and it was just like culture shock you know it's snowing in Korea it's like the weather in Chicago and wow. the guy's like I'm trying to get the bus to my hotel and I'm like uh, you know yuksum he's like what I'm like yuksum he's like uh, what? I show him the sign where I'm supposed to go. He's like, oh, yuksam. <laughs> and it was yeah. like, I, I had no idea. But when I put it so far in advance, it kind of, those scary situations didn't give me enough, like, it wasn't until that last week that things started hitting. But at that point, there was no backing out. Like, I had already invested my money. I had already told my job that I was leaving. So, mm-hmm. you know, doing it far in advance, I think at least for me, helps me make those kind of decisions, to take those kind of risks and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And one thing I wanted to also mention is what really helps me is thinking about what is the worst thing that can happen? Like if I go to Korea and it's terrible and I don't know anyone and the Koreans are mean to me and they say, we hate you, or then the worst thing I do is I buy a plane ticket home and well, I just say, hey, I gave it a shot. Uh, it's not what I thought it was. Yeah, uh, and yeah. you just go back home and at least you know, you went over that bridge and you went over the fence and you saw what was out there. Of course, that's not what happened. I ended up falling in love with Korea and staying for so many years. But I think that's such an important part is that fear of, of leaving that comfort zone and, and doing something that, that makes you uncomfortable that you're used to too, like a paycheck and you know mm-hmm. everyone else doing it so you think you should be doing it as well so let's move forward then so you guys decide hey like now we're gonna do it d-day's coming jordy's selling everything the goldfish the cat the couch keeping his xbox it's time to go and how was your first month like were there any transitions were there any kind of pain points how was that transition to leaving that corporate routine life Uh life for you jordy but we had a very (laughs) mild transition because i think hecking quick July, around July mm-hmm. or August, yeah. and I quit around end of August, and then we spent September at her parents' place, mm-hmm. not a whole month, just the three, three, three weeks three or so. Weeks. So we already left home and sold everything, and we went to her parents' place with the backpacks and just a few boxes to live there, mm-hmm. and that was kind of the beginning of the transition, you know, like it yeah. wasn't our place. Right, of right, course, right. it was her home, but it was, so, the, okay, we don't have a, our own place anymore. Yeah. We are here temporarily. And yeah. it was October 12th when we flew to Okinawa, Japan. Okay. So the transition was 
three weeks of St. Heck Young's parents where they were trying to convince you to stay. They were yelling yeah. at you. No, actually by then they were kind of, ah, okay, yeah, enjoy. But they didn't expect that we would still be traveling after two years and a half. Yeah, you know? yeah. They, they, they thought it would be one year, it. like we thought. <laughs> we left Korea having three flights booked. The first one was from Korea to Japan, uh -huh. and then to Taiwan, and then to Vietnam. And from yeah. there, it was like adventure, because we were planning to travel by land from Vietnam to Cambodia and Laos, Laos. you know, land borders crossing. Yeah. You know. But yeah. yeah, transition wasn't that strong. It wasn't like Boom, quit your job. Next Monday, your flight. No, it we wasn't were, like We were this. quite busy. So we didn't. We're busy we, with we the vaccines and, any, and, you know. Yeah, uh, selling. We we're busy. We we're busy. Choosing the right yeah. backpack, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah. First months, we planned a lot. We planned a lot of with Okinawa and Taiwan, you know, like what yeah. to visit, what to see, because we knew it was limited time. We knew we had the next flight booked. So we knew it would be. How long was in Japan? Uh, two weeks in like Okinawa? Two weeks, I would say. Around two yeah. weeks. So we knew like, okay, we have two weeks to see this, 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 whatever, like the points we want to check. Mm -hmm. And same with Taiwan and similar with Vietnam. But then in Vietnam, we applied for a three months visa. So we had like plenty kind of, of time. time. Mm -hmm. That's when we started volunteering there. After one week in Vietnam, we started a volunteer program teaching kids. Mm -hmm. That was about two weeks. And that gave us a lot of an approach to the culture because you're living with a family. Well, we were living, it can be, there's so many kinds mm -hmm. of volunteering programs, but we were with a family in a really small town and we got kind of a real feeling of what was living in a Vietnamese small town, not the yeah. capital Hanoi or Ho Chi Minh yeah, yeah. with all the tourism and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. That's very cool. And so you transitioned and then you decided that you're going to volunteer. And then at some point, did you guys start thinking, hey, we should get jobs? Where did the work come in? Did you guys have jobs or want to get jobs or how did that happen? At the beginning, we just wanted to travel, right? Yeah, I just wanted But yeah. of course, we wanted to travel cheap. So we applied to couchsurfing mm -hmm. and uh, house sitting. Yeah, by then we were registered also and uh, work away, the volunteering thing. So we said, okay, it's a good way to stay for a while in a country where they provide accommodation and food. Plus you make friends, you, you just stay with a family or with a hostel owner mm -hmm. and you make contacts. You might know other travelers who recommend you, ah, this place is better or don't go to that place in that season or stuff like that. Like real information, valuable, that made you change your future plans, right? Wow. And then, it really helps you to like travel like in long term because mm -hmm. you can save your money on the accommodation. Mm -hmm. So and we wanted to travel longer. We planned one year, but the more we travel, the longer we wanted to yeah. <laughs> stay in one place and experience the local life. So oh, we, we got to cut down on our spending. I yeah. mean, we are not really strict on checking all the budgets and stuff, but still we had this mindset that we really need to cut down on yeah. our like, you know, Jordy needs like two buckets per night in Kaosan Road instead of one. Oh, no, <laughs> we, we are quite anti these kind of things. Yeah, uh, we didn't know the world was so big, so we, we hey, wow, distances are long and things take time, yeah. so we better slow yeah. down and take it easy. Yeah, yeah of course. I met a guy in Cambodia, we were doing both a volunteering in a small bakery by the beach, mm -hmm. and he was teaching online. And wow, mm. I was a teacher back in Korea. Why not trying this? We well, have a laptop. Yeah. Most mm. of the places go have Wi-Fi and we could mm. give it a try. And I think I started when we were here staying last time. Two, two years ago. Because yeah. we knew, oh, we're going to be three months here. Why don't I apply to the, the platforms and see if I get some mm. students? I started getting and more and more. And then Hakeem started. And since January mm. last year, 2019, we are both quite... Mm, yeah, most if we're not traveling, we are teaching. Yeah, you know, that, that's yeah, yeah. our like. So it kind of seems like you've kind of, if I understand correctly, you've kind of switched your work life in Korea of having like a work life and a routine. You switched it to what you're doing now, except you're staying in different places, you're exploring mm -hmm. new communities, you're also, of course, doing that lifetime travel mates. So how does your routine look like? Do you schedule 20 hours a week or do you just do three hours in the morning? Or how does your schedule look like each week? <laughs> Wow, it's very different every uh, week. We don't have like a specific schedule every week, especially mm -hmm. now we're getting a lot of students since the past two months. Mm -hmm. But I would say that we plan around one week ahead 
like, okay, we have four students, four students. Okay, Monday, Tuesday, da, da, da. and then maybe there's one day that we want to move to another place or just have the morning or the evening like free time, free time. and then we can block the schedule. Trip, you decide yeah. when you work. You set up your schedule and students book time depending on your available, your free hours. That's super cool. And then kind of in your free time, I, I was, when I follow you guys, I see that you guys get a chance to go check out some of the local uh, craft breweries. Yeah. 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 Not only are you, you kind of switched this work life, so you're still living like a traditional work life, but now you're getting kind of brand new experiences, going to craft breweries and meeting new people that you normally wouldn't meet. And what kind of things you usually do on your off time when, you, when you're out there and go out? I mean, no, 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 but, but back, but back two years ago, let's say. Oh, two years ago. Well, two years ago, we weren't working both. But most of the stuff that when you're on vacation, you know, like go to the beach, relax, maybe yeah, some bar, yeah, yeah. trying food. We're quite, quite foodies. So yeah. we like to go out and try different local or non-local food mm-hmm. and enjoy was it, it. Was it a few months ago, the Reggae Festival? In, in uh, January, yeah, I heard about this reggae festival, the oh, biggest reggae festival so in Asia. Cool, we said, so cool. we could try, why not? And it was three days, yeah, we, we Friday, took, Saturday, Sunday. We took two Sunday. days off, uh-huh. we blocked the schedule for two days. Three then, days. So, uh, three Friday, days, three Sunday. days, and then we enjoyed the reggae festival by the beach, drinking beer, and then we thought, this, it was is, a, this is life. Vacation right. within vacation, right. you know, because yeah. it was Sunday, and we were thinking, okay, tomorrow we work, uh, but it doesn't matter because... We can just yeah, take yeah. the day off anytime. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we enjoy now doing is we are helping. Uh, have you ever heard of Sofar? Sofar uh, Sounds? No. Sofar Sounds is like a secret concerts mm-hmm. that take place in secret places that you don't know until last minute. And people apply not knowing the artists or the place or the time or anything. And we started going there as an audience. The first time we were here in Goa, and then we became friends with the staff. They are all volunteers. No one is making money out of that. Oh, wow. And then it's a platform to promote like local artists, well, national, not not just Goans, but it's a global uh, platform. So it might be in Chicago or Barcelona yeah, or yeah, Seoul. Yeah. Most of the cities in the world have uh, so far sounds thing. So we became friends and once a month we have to prepare this concert and it's a nice thing. And Wow. Of course, we meet outside of these things, yeah. That's really cool. It must be either so secretive that I don't know about it or people just don't like me and they're just not inviting me to these things. <laughs> you have to. No, no, no. You have to be interested. Like, it's for music lovers. Oh, okay. Wow. Secret concert. You apply and then if you make it into the guest list, perfect. If you don't, next time you, you try. Yeah. You know, Nice thing. This whole secret thing is actually funny. I was just in Thailand a month ago with my cousin, and it's so funny, especially in Thailand, you hear all about this, there's a secret beach here, or a secret ah. there, but it's never secret. It's like everybody knows about yeah, it. The moment they tell you it's not secret anymore, exactly. Yeah, everybody's at the secret beach. Yeah. <laughs> we could change the secret for quiet or less crowded beach, but there's no secret less anymore. Unknown. Especially with this Instagram era we are living that, there's no more like secret True. spots anymore. Yeah. Everybody knows um, everything or posts something, but it's okay. And I wanted to also touch base with you guys on, uh, we talked about this a little bit yesterday and I had the same experience when we were talking about it. I was like, oh, this is interesting. You're talking about slow travel or Jordy, you called it slow travel. And I think that my style of traveling has really changed when, since when I was younger. When I was younger, I just wanted to see everything and Mm -hmm. anything and i just wanted to be shocked and i wanted to go as quick as possible and just Mm -hmm. do everything and over the last couple years it really really has changed more that i want to kind of immerse myself into communities abroad so as you guys know i'm into diving i was a dive instructor so i was Mm -hmm. part of the dive community in thailand which is like a a big family there part of the expat community here in poland i had you know my soccer team in korea i really like the immersing myself in in Mm -hmm. communities and so it's changed. It hasn't been like, I want to see, see everything. It's more like, I want to stay here for a little bit and kind of see what this vibe is like. So it's, yeah. it's to me your transition from this, hey, let's take a year and travel and see as much as we can to, hey, I like the slow travel kind of vibe. Yeah. yeah. When was this transition? Maybe with the house sitting, with the first house mm-hmm. sitting in Bangkok, right, right. we felt like Bangkok wasn't on our first like priority to go at that time. Of course, we knew we would hit Bangkok at some point and travel around Thailand, but it came before we expected. Mm -hmm. So we didn't plan like any specific places in Bangkok to visit. We were just staying around that neighborhood 
And yeah, of course, some days we were visiting like the famous and popular places, but not with like a checklist or mm -hmm. not rushing at all. Like, mm -hmm. okay, if we make it, we make it. If we don't, maybe next time. We try to make that place where we stay home. And you don't do touristy things in your own yeah, home, right? Yeah. I mean, when I'm in Barcelona, I don't go every day to touristy spots. I know it's a touristy city, but or you are from Seoul or you are from Chicago. You don't go usually unless you have visitors. Yeah. yeah. So we try to do this kind of thing because that's the authentic city, probably. Like the real Bangkok, it's not just Khao San Road. You know? uh -huh. It's just a part, but we like to see how the locals live and how is the life without okay. the bubble of tourists in yeah, you know, all that exactly. stuff. Yeah, I'm the same way. I kind of, whenever time I go to Thailand, Bangkok, I have to go through there. I have a friend who lives there and it's really cool. And he takes me to these parts of the, of the city that I, I always, when you think of Bangkok, you think of this Khao San Road, touristy, backpacker mm -hmm. thing, but there are really cool parts of yeah. Bangkok to explore. And I think it's either you know somebody that lives there or you do this house sitting or pet sitting where mm -hmm. you get a chance to really kind of take some time to explore those areas mm -hmm. that are usually not making it on the maps or the Instagram pages of what the top things to see. Yeah. So that is pretty interesting. So you kind of move to the slow travel lifestyle. You're getting this chance to kind of explore cultures. So I also was kind of interested in telling people about kind of the shift of people like you, these kind of digital nomads that it's becoming this like almost a cliche word that nobody wants to say, like I'm a digital nomad. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's just like a fancy word now. It's yeah. Yeah, when I was in, I was actually in Bali and Changu, there's all these Instagram models and all this stuff. And the digital nomad thing, it's like, a, uh, everyone's like, oh, don't, just don't, don't label that. <laughs> but I mean, that is kind of what we are doing, right? We're, we're able to work from anywhere. And for people that aren't familiar with this, what are some of the pros and cons of living this kind of lifestyle? The pros is definitely you can work like anywhere. Freedom. Like, yeah. Where, where you have internet. Or mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, you can work anywhere, you can go anywhere. That's one of the best advantages. Freedom, yeah. yeah freedom, like, freedom. like freedom of schedule and freedom of mobility. Uh, yeah. Like, okay, right. you want your office to be like 100 meters from the beach? Mm -hmm. You can make it. It's, there's plenty yeah. of houses with Wi-Fi by the beach or up on the mountains or in the middle of the city. And of course, if you're just kind of talking about this yesterday, is that if you get paid in US currency or Euro currency... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you're living yeah. in a cheaper country than yours if you're paid with us or currency or pounds or euros and mm -hmm. for example, southeast asia is pretty cheap in general mm -hmm. you can live yeah, that's a good point. maybe not like a king but yeah, like yeah. a prince you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that, but still you are not worried like you would be back home paying yeah. and and, and yeah, spending right, uh, right. i don't know five dollars drinks or something like that yeah one dollar and everybody's happy yeah, I think the financial freedom is really nice. One of my the most appealing things of going to Thailand is you can get, when I go back to Koh Tao every time, you know, I get this beautiful seaside, hillside, little villa that costs like $300 per month with cleaning. And also you can get laundry done and all these things. So that you don't have to spend so much time focusing on the small tasks. You can work on your job, digital nomad, or be pursuing other things. And, you know, meals are also, you can budget basically for $10, $15 a day. I think drinks is where, where a lot of people lose their money. But if you're eating local food and you're not going to the Western restaurants for burgers or steaks, yeah. you can really get by and live a really high quality lifestyle for a very affordable rate. So yeah. I think that's, that's pretty interesting, the comparative prices uh, between Europe and America versus Asia. Getting paid in dollars and paying in bot is, is really, really nice. So what have been some of the coolest things you guys have done so far? Coolest experiences you've had? Experiences? Ooh. One of the... Yeah, exciting slash scary. We stayed uh, a couple of days in the jungle in Laos, in mm -hmm. uh, three houses, uh, oh. connected only by zip lines. Oh, wow. So we spent, yeah, that was, because in Laos we did two volunteerings in a hotel, with uh -huh. the social networks and all, and we wanted to end, like, leave Laos with a bang, or doing something cool and big and spending some money that we didn't <laughs> spend. We, we saved quite a lot in Laos doing this uh, about almost like more than a month each yeah, volunteering yeah, so yeah. we said oh let's do this experience it's expensive but yeah uh, it's gonna be fun and yeah it was super fun it's called the gibbon experience so oh, yeah. you pretend to be a gibbon right like you are on the treetops and the canopies of the trees 
was cool. It was exciting. It was yeah, it was so, nice. Because so nice. you are in the real jungle. You don't know what's going to happen. It can be muddy. There can be leeches like she had. Yeah. And yeah. spiders. The night was like so full of sounds. I don't know, birds and crickets. Sounds. And yeah. yeah, it was insane. Didn't hear the gibbon sound though. But we, we heard them. We didn't see them, but so we heard them far, the next morning. From far. Yeah. 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 Other experiences. The baker experience in Cambodia was very nice. We did yeah, I remember you talking about that. The volunteer work or? Yeah, volunteering yeah. for how long was that? Uh, about three weeks, three, one month. One month. Right? I think one month. One month. We had to do the visa extend also. Yeah. There was so, this couple yeah. from New York and Iceland that they kind of like us decided to quit everything. They bought a property there and mm-hmm. they turned it into a bakery. Not a traditional bakery, but doing more like energy bars and vegan chocolate balls and uh, mm-hmm. some cakes and iced coffee, things that usually tourists would be buying there. And yeah, it was cool. Uh, but it was a good we experience. We made good yeah. friends, good experience. We were selling bakes by the beach, seeing the super amazing sunset every day. And we were working, but it didn't feel like working. It was very nice. Yeah. And then yeah. we moved, by night, we moved in the busy street with some guest house and all. You, you met almost every day the same people. And, okay, let's have a beer later. And <laughs> it was a very nice bubble, I would say. It, it didn't feel like a boat. Yeah, it felt more like a beach yeah. paradise thing. And we really felt like we belonged to some community. Hmm. Or yeah. 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 I think that's one of the things you kind of really seek one of the most appealing things to me is when you find that community you really it's hard to leave it because it's so you you have the same mindset i think also when you're abroad you're meeting like-minded people who have the same kind of mind as you do and when you find that community that family-like feeling it's it's really hard to leave that whether you're traveling together or living yeah. together and it is intoxicating and i think most people are worried of of leaving and maybe not meeting friends or traveling alone or the thing that i remind myself is from previous trips is like I've gone to places alone, and when I leave, I've made like lifelong friends that I'm still in contact with. So it's like yeah. you remind yourself that it will be okay. There are other people that are just like you, also looking to meet other people because they're in the same situation. That's why I think it's really yeah. easy as an expat in another country, whether you're in Seoul or Warsaw yeah. or Barcelona, to meet other expats because they're in the same shoes as you are. Uh, mm-hmm. As opposed to back home, people kind of already have their friend groups or have their family set up. And so they're kind of already closed off and trying to meet other people while expats are always like looking to meet other expats and really cool expat groups that, that form from it. So, okay, we're wrapping things up here. I wanted to end things with three fire questions. I'm going to ask you guys oh. three questions. To someone specifically or both or? You guys decide. First one to respond. Okay. Okay. I mean, you ask. You answer I, I'll go Heck Young first because I know she's a foodie. So, most delicious food you've had in the last two years. What was the most delicious thing you ate that just blew your mind away? Oh, oh well, I think I know yours. Um, it's really hard to choose. Black pepper crab or chili crab. Oh, Singapore. yeah, yeah. Where was this? In Singapore. In Singapore. It's in one Singapore. of the signature dishes there, and it was amazing. It was oh. really good, really good, really good. Next question, uh, this one's for Jordi. What is the most underrated place you've been to that you just could not believe how amazing it was and that people didn't even know about it? As a country, you mean? Or city? Country, or City, place, yeah. Hmm. Oh, in Malaysia, we were in an island called Tioman. And <laughs> it wasn't that touristy. It was kind of Kotao, but even less touristy and very local. There's almost no cars at all, just some bikes around. Uh, full of like really nice beaches to practice some snorkeling or diving, and we plan to go there someday. There, yeah, yeah some, to go someday. there again. Oh wow, yeah. really cool. I've never heard of this. It's an island off of Malaysia. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of uh, east coast of the peninsula. Okay, maybe three, four, five hours from Kuala Lumpur. That's really good. <laughs> okay, I'll have to check that one out. All right, last question. This one's for both of you guys. Are you ready? Yeah. Most embarrassing moment while traveling. What has happened to you as most embarrassing? Oh. <laughs> wow. Embarrassing. Oh. Like heck young diving? Oh. oh. <laughs> you mean embarrassing yeah. for me or for her? Embarrassing. Scary. That was really good. It turned out really good. But yeah. later, it's not very good. It started that from the moment. Embarrassing. It's embarrassing. 
did you like shit your pants or? <laughs> I did. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, you did. Okay, this is not like PG or something. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> I explain or it's too dirty. No, I mean this happens in Southeast Asia, right? It happened in Bangkok. Uh, we were doing grocery in the market, and we had some curry or whatever. But my stomach was a bit. And on the way back, <laughs> I farted. It wasn't just a fart. And I said, hey, let me rush home because I have an emergency. So yeah. You get that the, the book took its press to say, sir, I need to go home immediately. And I need to ride. The cat is calling me. <laughs> you need to feed the cat. Yeah. So, that's, yeah, probably that's the most embarrassing, I guess. That's funny. I was actually just, when we were talking about uh, diving, Heck Young, I was just thinking about, it. to give you a little context, Heck Young is an absolute legend. She just learned how to swim three weeks before visiting me in Koh Tao. And she was super nervous to go diving, but she did the swim test. She passed it. And the first time she was underwater in her first open water dive, eyes wide open and <laughs> staring at me the whole time. And I would be like, hey, heck, young, look, there's like a whale shark. And you'd be like, <laughs> you wouldn't move your head. You were frozen under the water. <laughs> yeah, we can say. Yeah. You were a legend. You you did a great job and you finished the course. We had so much fun out. Thanks to you. Yeah. So much fun. I loved it. <laughs> Good times. Well, yeah, fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll wrap it up. Thank you guys so much for being on the podcast kickoff of Travel Tribe. I had such a blast with you guys catching up and hearing about your journey, hearing about your adventure and some of the tips and tricks you guys have had of being able to turn your one-year adventure into this two-and-a-half-year-plus adventure of a lifestyle kind of now. Mm -hmm. I'll be following along and seeing how things turn out for you because it's always fun to see what you guys are up to in the world. If you would like to follow Jordan Heck Young, they are on social media. They're all over the place. They're at Lifetime Travel Mates. They're on Facebook. They're on YouTube. They're on Instagram. They're always doing fun little videos. So if you're interested in all and seeing what their lifestyle looks like, some of the cool places they see in Singapore, definitely check them out. I know I like watching them and I've learned so much from them. And so thank you guys so much. Come some of you down. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. And uh, thank you for the next episodes. All right. Ciao. See you. Take care. Bye-bye.